1: This is the John Oakley Show Podcast. The medical concern is, needless to say, uh, sort of the bedrock fundamental that has to be addressed before markets may actually see a rebound, and to that end, you know, a lot of people are on tenterhooks as to where we're going with this. Dr. Brett Belchetz is on the front lines. Uh, He knows. He's a global news radio medical expert and an ER doctor. Brett, good to have you back on the show. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon.
1: So what's the situation, by the way, in the ERs?
0: So we're we're certainly seeing a variable situation across different ERs. It's interesting seeing what's happening in the ERs that I primarily work at and hearing the stories from my colleagues across the province. Um, In my emergency room, we're certainly seeing incredible volumes, uh, a huge number of people coming into the emergency room who are concerned that they have been exposed to this virus, concerned that they have actually been infected with this virus, asking for testing. Uh, What we're seeing is the reality is that a lot of these patients don't qualify for testing. A lot of them don't have symptoms that actually are suspicious at all for COVID-19, and many times what we're seeing is many patients who are waiting extraordinarily long periods of time just to find out that they don't qualify for a test. So there's a lot of stress. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, That being said, speaking to colleagues of mine at other hospitals, what I've heard is is in some hospitals, it's a little bit of the calm before the storm. Um, Some of the other emergency rooms I'm hearing about, from what I hear, are a little bit actually less quiet than usual and we haven't really seen the rush yet. But uh, I think overall the feeling is, is one of anxiety at all of the emergency rooms uh, across the city that I'm speaking to. People are very nervous. They're They're worried about appropriately protecting staff. They're worried about being able to actually care for the the types of sick patients that we expect to get very soon. So certainly a a very scary situation and and one that we're all working very hard to prepare for.
1: So Brett, if it is in fact the calm before the storm, uh, how well equipped are you to handle the various scenarios? Let's say if the modeling says, God forbid, a worst case scenario, or even you know, a mid-range scenario. Like in Italy, they're swamped. The medical establishment, they can't handle it. They don't have enough ventilators. There's hallway medicine, but people are actually, death panels, for want of a better term, have to decide, prioritize who lives and who dies. Can we ever see ourselves getting to that stage?
0: unfortunately, if we start to see the numbers that they're seeing in Italy, I think it's very likely that we're going to go in that direction. And I'll just run through the math of the situation for you. Um, If you look at the the estimates from some public health officials, uh, some of the estimates say that we could see as many as 30% or more of the Canadian population being infected with this virus. So if you look at the numbers with 35 35 million people living in this country, that equals about 10 million people getting infected. Now, if we believe that of those 10 million people that are going to be infected with the virus, that even a very small number of them will require intensive care unit care. So you know, even if we believe that maybe only one percent of those patients will require the intensive care unit, which is actually fairly conservative, compared to what we're seeing in other countries, that would be 100,000 people requiring ventilators. And to put that into perspective, we have significantly under 10,000 ICU beds with ventilators in this whole country. So we will very quickly reach a point where there will be tens of thousands of people for whom ventilator care is required and we just don't have ventilators. And we are going to be forced to make some very, very hard decisions about who gets that kind of care and who doesn't.
1: The timeline's pretty important here in the sense too, because uh, As they've seen in uh, Italy, uh, all of these cases came at once, effectively. It's not like it was spread out over time and flattened a flattened curve. Uh, That would stress the system, like, all at once.
0: I I think you're you're referencing one of the most important points here, and this is why everybody is being advised to stay home from work, to avoid social gatherings, to minimize contact with other people. And, And I've seen many people out there, especially young people who feel invulnerable, Uh, make the point to say, well, listen, I'm going to get infected anyways eventually, and I'll, I'll be fine because I'm young and I'll probably not have serious illness, so I might as well get infected now. And that is absolutely the most dangerous attitude to have because the more people who have that attitude, the more likely we are to have a situation similar to Italy where we have an incredibly huge spike in cases all at once where our healthcare system is overwhelmed and where many people will die Purely just because of a lack of resources to be able to treat them all at once the way they've experienced.
1: So everyone has a role to play rather than, as I see, some people are suggesting, well, you know, take the vulnerable primarily. They're the ones who would stand to, uh, you know, be uh, the ones needing the immediate triage or situation in the hospital with a ventilator. Uh, Let's isolate them. And then, you know, everybody could more or less go about their business. But you're saying it doesn't work that way.
0: It definitely doesn't work that way. That's a, a terrible piece of advice because every single vulnerable person typically ends up getting the infection at some point from somebody who is young and healthy. So either it's the food delivery person, somebody who worked at the grocery store, somebody who works at the drugstore store where they got their drugs from. In some way, shape, or form, uh, vulnerable people are going to get sick from young uh, and healthier people. That being said, I think uh, the one thing that's really important to note is that even though your odds of a poor outcome are much lower if you are young and healthy, it does not mean that you are immune to a bad outcome. And I am hearing from colleagues who are in Europe, I am hearing terrible stories, friends of friends who are in their 40s who are previously completely healthy, who are now in comas on ventilators uh, because of this virus. So uh, there is this incredible misconception here that if you're young, you're invulnerable, and it will be nothing but a mild flu. And for many people, that's the case. But again, that is not guaranteed to be the case where There is still a chance, if you are young and healthy, that you could have a fatal or critical outcome from this. So so you should definitely, absolutely, no matter how young and healthy you are, be doing everything in your power to avoid this.
1: Again with Dr. Brett Belchets, Global News Radio's medical expert and an ER doctor. You know, it's interesting because you talked early about the stressing of the system and uh, it may be unnecessary, but people, you know, in panic mode, uh, we understand the impulse but there might be ways to offset this. And uh, interestingly enough, I was following a bus yesterday and I saw an ad uh, about not needing to wait more than two minutes to get uh, some kind of a prognosis of your situation from a doctor, and it was a group called Maple, and uh, now I find that you're sort of intimately involved with the outfit.
0: Yep, this, this is a company that I've been involved with for a number of years. And the reason why I've been involved is that Uh, especially in times like this, it is really important for people to be able to access medical care from the safety and the comfort of their home. And if you look at some of the things that have worked really well in China, why China was able to beat this infection back, they very quickly moved about 50% of their medical visits to the online world. So it allowed people to safely get care during this crisis without actually risking infecting others or getting infection from others. So one of the things that, that in our company, Maple, that we're doing is actually starting tomorrow, Uh, we are launching a fully OHIP-covered COVID screening service, uh, fully staffed by doctors. I think we've got about 50 doctors lined up already, whereby Ontarians who are worried about their symptoms, who are wondering if they should go to the emergency room, wondering if they need a test, rather than going and sitting in a waiting room for several hours where they're running a risk of either getting infected by somebody else or passing infection to somebody else who is vulnerable, they now, from the comfort of their living room, can actually speak to a doctor, find out what their appropriate next steps are.
1: All right, so how would somebody uh, find out about this? I mean, where do they go uh, so they can follow up? In fact, they're feeling something symptomatically and want to suss it out.
0: Uh, So if they want to check this out, the best thing to do is go to the website. It's uh, getmaple.ca, G-E-T-M-A-P-L-E.ca. And then there's a button there to register uh, the OHP covered service for COVID screening starts tomorrow. Um, so if somebody tries to do it right away today, it won't be available. But it will be up and running. Now, you know, we anticipate a ton of volume because this is in high demand. But, but certainly, you know, waiting from the comfort of your home, even if it's a few hours, uh, is it, certainly a lot better than waiting for a few hours in a crowded waiting room.
1: Right. Uh, and you're also socially isolated at the same time, ideally. And uh, you're, you know, getting too... Uh kicks in a box rather than maybe rolling the dice in a a clinic or something. Uh, By the way, the doctors on these virtual sites, they can actually, on your virtual site, uh, write scripts?
0: Uh, Yes, they can for certain conditions. So for the screening program, we won't be writing prescriptions. This is just a screening program for COVID. But we have an entire service online uh, that provides prescriptions, sick notes and all sorts of services for those people who need it. Um, And, and, you know, we've been operating the service for several years. And and as you mentioned, our wait time is typically under two minutes for, for our main service.
1: So, Brett, finally, uh, how are we going to see our way clear of this? I mean, uh, not a lot of people have concrete answers. The best that we've got by way of advice is trying to flatten the so-called curve, self-isolating, washing hands, and so on and so forth. Anything you might want to add to that?
0: I think we're going to have to really carefully restrict movement and transmission. If you look at what they did in China, uh, they were very draconian and very, very strict in terms of enforcing Uh, bans on movement, social gatherings, et cetera. And all of those things that they did, including moving uh, medical care into the online world as much as possible, actually ended up being quite uh, effective. And you've seen a dramatic decrease in the number of cases. So I think we need to follow that lead. That being said, you know that's happened over the course of six to eight weeks. So uh, I think as this starts to ramp up here, uh, realistically, we're going to see things get a lot worse before it gets better here in Canada.
1: Could you foresee a time, maybe not too uh, long from now, where we have to affect something approximating martial law.
0: I hope that's not the case, but but certainly, you know, sometimes in pandemic situations, drastic measures are necessary. I actually just read a story uh, from the United States of a patient that screened uh, positive for COVID and their test came back positive for COVID, And that patient refused to abide by quarantine and actually said that, you know, they're a free citizen and and have the right to go wherever they want. And so, in fact, they had to use um, police officers to hold this person at home. And so, you know, when when we have citizenry that, that is acting irresponsibly and exposing others to risk, just like with any other part of our society where, you know, rights get taken away in order to protect others, it may become necessary as part of this. And we'll just have to see how things go and how responsible people behave without taking those kinds of drastic measures.
1: We're really in extreme times right now, uh, and as you say, might call for extreme measures. Uh, I really appreciate, as always, your insights into uh, this as a frontline operative in the medical profession. Uh, Dr. Brett Belchud's Global News Radio's medical expert and an ER doctor. And again, the Maple site, uh, give it to GetMaple.
0: GetMaple, G E T M A P L E C A.
1: Operational tomorrow. Brett, always a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Have a great day. Take care. You too.
1: Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast.